Welcome along. We're back. It's season two of the Irish F1 show. We are back, baby, and it's great to be back as well. The F1 might not have been, I suppose, overwhelming at the weekend, but uh, the chats are always enjoyable. And uh, we pulled the rabbit out of the hat once more. How are you getting on? Well, lads. How are you? All good? I'm not too bad. And the biggest Lewis Hamilton fan of all time. How are you getting on? Hi, uh, boys. Oh, sorry. Good to be back. Oh, sorry, no. It's, it's Richard Carney. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the story, man? Oh, good. Now, Kev, yeah, ready, ready for another season. 23 races. Well, one down, 22 to go. Uh, Richie and Barry, I don't know. It seemed like a shortish enough kind of winter, to be honest. It's come around quite quickly, hasn't it? Yeah, 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 it's come around all right. Um, I, I'm not quite sure, Barry. Is it was it something like 30 days F1 drivers got off over the winter? Yeah, yeah, that, I was gonna say not much, but I'm not gonna feel sorry for them just yet. But no, it was it was definitely a short <laughs> winter for, for sure. I think it's I seen somewhere it was the, the earliest race back, I think, in a lot, I don't know, many years, but a long, long time anyway. The first f- first race of the season hasn't been this early in the year for a long while, so yeah, and and of course, they're getting. They're well into November now in the last one. So, geez, I remember showing me age now when it used to be, you know, maybe the end of September was the last one and it'd be into April for the first one. So, it was six months on and six months off, basically. And that was only three or four years ago, Barry, your grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like. Richie. They all feel like three or four years ago. Well, look, one thing we won't get here is a, is a pity party. Nobody will get a pity party here over their 30 days rest, of course. But uh, no. at the same time and by the same token, my first question would be, I know something that we might have touched upon last year, but obviously we'll go into it in a bit more detail now. Have they diluted this a little bit, guys, with the amount that we have this year? Richie? Yeah, I think it's a little bit excessive, to be fair. Um, too much of something, you're not long before you get sick of it. And it's like, you know, they're trying to get those extra USA races in. And listen, it's all good for the spectator in a sense that. If the racing is close, if you know the top three, four, five teams are fighting it out, and it and it stays interesting throughout the season, but if Max starts to walk away with this championship, it's going to get boring very quickly. Yeah, well, the average is every second week, near enough. Um, I know, obviously, we're going to have a break on different things. But Barry, for a man that labelled Vettel an eco warrior last year, logistics of it isn't. <laughs> isn't I'll never isn't, leave that one there, will I? Well, I mean, if you, if you look look at the way this is panned out. So we've three races in the states, but they're not back to back. We have look. It was always going to be the case where we're starting in the Middle East and ending there, and there's a fairly obvious reason for that as well. But if you look at it, have they got this a bit wrong? Like, why why is it a case that all those are mapped out that direction? Do you think? I don't know. I mean. I'm in the logistics business, and when I look at the the map, it's uh, Jesus. <laughs> you wouldn't get many points for planning a route that way. No, you know, around around Ireland, never mind the world. It's 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 literally from one side of the world to the other, up down. But there doesn't seem to be any geographical kind of sense to it at all. Um, so I know obviously weather will play a part and things like that, and you know, other I know what, what other things there are really. To be honest, once you take the weather out of it, what what the other kind of variables can be or why they'd be moving it around but um it is it's it doesn't seem to follow any real rhyme or reason in, in geographically so i'm sure there is i mean I, like it's like a lot of these things people say you know that doesn't you know i don't understand why and the thing is yeah you don't understand but normally is a reason that's it's just not immediately obvious to me what that reason is um 
you know, I can understand if they don't want to keep too many races in one kind of catchment area for, for, for one for one sense of the word. But I don't know. I would actually love to know what the reason is behind it. And uh, beyond weather and climate, I can't think of any. Is it more money than sense, Richie? Um, no, I think maybe Barry has touched on something there. You know, they're trying to hit circuits. Yeah. You know, at, at a point in the season where they're nearly guaranteed no rain, which is pretty stupid as well. Like, you, you know what I mean? You're racing, you're racing. Weather shouldn't, unless there's two foot snow on the circuit, it shouldn't really matter. <laughs> you know? But, um, yeah. Listen, I mean, you're either racing or you're not. So, yeah. I think Barry is right. They're, they're trying to hit circuits at non-rain non season. Okay, yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, just couldn't couldn't quite get the head around it. My fear is that it might dilute a little bit, and come here, like I mean, if you look at even uh, we we like to have a little casual pop, we try to survive on this, right? But that for me is even diluting a little bit, and I don't know. I've I've fears this year, lads. To be honest with you, I don't know if the line of viewership and the interest will will it will it be the same, even though there's more events, Barry. No, I think I, I think twenty three is too many. Um, sixteen used to be the number, probably a little bit on the low side. So you know, nineteen twenty is probably the sweet spot for me. And um, the drive to survive thing is interesting. Um, I think Formula One has a good chance of becoming a victim of its own success in many ways. Um, I and the, and the show in particular. I mean, the first year or two was very interesting because it was. The, the drivers, the, the team engines, you know, all the protagonists were, you know, caught off guard a little bit, maybe in terms of the cameras being everywhere. Now, you know, now they know the cameras are everywhere. They know how it's going to be packaged. They know how it's going to be edited. They know the general kind of ethos of the show, let's say. And it's starting to look a bit, a bit forced. And um, there's a lot of talking, but no one's really saying anything. And um, there's no real nuggets. It's very much. It looks rehearsed, doesn't it? It looks rehearsed. This yeah. this season looks rehearsed. Like there's definitely things there that are rehearsed, you know, for sure. And there, you know, it's 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 packaged as if it's the first time they spoke about it, whereas you know, obviously not. Um, and it's a bit then... like a fart, Barry. You force it as shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what old Midland sayings? I learned a new one every week. Absolutely smashing analogy there. <laughs> yeah, kind of agree with you, dog guys. I think that's the way it's heading. Um, do you know what? Actually, we'll give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, PFT Travel. Uh, they've come on board with us here once again. So thanks to MJ. If you want to go to a hen or a stag, or maybe even over to the bingo, the way Barry's talking, he's heading for it. But uh, that's uh, the people to call. MJ Farrell, thanks a million for coming on board once more. We will give Rapco a shout out as well. And Palestorage.ie and Richard Carney Engineering, of course. You know, can't forget the boys. So, uh, yeah, that's the that's the crack in terms of uh, our sponsorship. If you do want to get in touch with us regarding that, irishf1show at gmail.com or any general topics whatsoever, any thoughts, you can DM us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter at irishf1show. And if you are watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button and you see a little buy me a coffee QR code in the corner. If you hover the phone over that, you can keep the whole thing going for us as well for the price of a coffee so there is the shameless plugs out of the way and we'll go back to uh the business um so yeah look underwhelming the right way to describe Barry and richard 
Why would you describe a Barry and Richard underwhelming or <laughs> Bahrain? <laughs> I never call you guys underwhelming. You stop. It's um, always I, I never seen you overwhelmed either, either. In fairness, nah, nah, you got it just nice yeah. and steady. Um, yeah, no, it's it's I I yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the classic. That's for sure. Um, it had its good points. Um, which I'm sure we'll get to, but. It was uh, it was one of those cases where you put the fastest guy in the front of the, the front of the grid and give him a head start and then wonder why there's no racing. You know, it's it's uh, it it wasn't it wasn't a classic as I said. Um, yeah, it's you know boring as they call it. Sometimes it's generally mm-hmm. it doesn't it's not some of the it's not you know a, a cracking race many years, but um, yeah, it's a little bit. I think George Russell said something there the other day he said that it's uh that that red bull should win every race this year which is a bit foreboding for for um mercedes driver to say that after the first round it doesn't really you know induce a lot of uh excitement let's say and can i pick you up on that barry um like toto was saying stuff like it was one of the worst performances he's ever seen and that the car won't be better for a while and when you look at the optics of last year, they struggled for such a long period before finally making a bit of progress or probably more so the guys getting the best out of what was a substandard car. So my question would be at this particular juncture, should and why not? Is it actually not a little bit better at the minute? Like Because, OK, maybe I'm being harsh in saying that, but it doesn't look like they have much hope and they're a little bit concerned about this. Like, Or are they just playing mind games? No, I think they are concerned. I think... The, the funny thing is, no one, no one from, you know, the, the most grassroots of motorsport right the way up to Toto Wolf and, and, and Mercedes and the team in general, no one really knows what makes a racing car quick, for sure. Um, it sounds like a bit of a silly sentence, but it is, it is true. You know, it's we, we know loads of things that can slow them down, and you know, but there is no magic formula for making a racing car quick. Money helps for sure across the board but you got to know where to spend it and, and how to how to develop and everything else so every year there's a you know less and less of course in modern times but every year it's a little bit there's a little bit hitting hope with designing and running any race car um and i think at some point they have to put the pen down and start producing parts and you know that was probably months ago that was probably well before 2022 was even over when they started making the 2023 car um, as we said, with the short winters, that only compresses it even further. But you know very quick whether you have a good car or a bad car. And I think Mercedes realise now, good and early, that they have not necessarily a bad car, but they certainly don't have a good one. Um, and I think the difference with last year was they they had a car that they didn't know yet was bad because the poor president and the, bon- the bouncing was, was hiding it. And I think they were hoping that once they sorted that out, that it would you know, emerge out of, you know, out, out of the shadows as a great car. But obviously that didn't really happen. Um, and they don't have that kind of false hope this year. And they just know that at the end of the day, they're not going to pull a second on Red Bull um, in the development and race during the year. So I think I think they are genuine. I think they, and that's why Toto was saying it was the worst race ever, not for the race in itself, but what it what it showed and what it represented going forward. It was, I think it's dark, dark days in, in, in Mercedes from that point of view. Yeah, in line with that, Richie, like the, the ratio of resource to output would be a lot more favorable for them than a lot of other teams you would have seen. Like, so, I mean, who's who's accountable for this? Where where does it change? You know, why hasn't it 
change in your opinion then? Well, like when you look at the the overall thing, right? They've all developed, right? Like they were all going a second a lap faster this year than they were last year. Mm-hmm. But but the one thing that hasn't changed is Red Bull are still going that bit quicker than the other teams. So Mercedes found themselves six tenths off Red Bull this time last year. They're going a second a lap faster, but they're still six tenths off Red Bull. And same for Ferrari. Um, I think um, Mercedes thought all they had to do was take the porpoising or the bouncing or whatever you like to call it out of the car and, and, and it was going to transform. Um, and to be fair to them, they've, they've taken the porpoising out of the car, but obviously that just wasn't enough. Um, Red Bull have just made strides. They're just strides ahead. And as you say, with Mercedes budget, I can't see, you know, money is no object. Um, I know there's budget caps and things, but obviously that doesn't start to come into it either. Um, but I don't know, I suppose Adrian Newey trumps again. I mean, obviously whoever's looking after the aero side or the technical side of the Mercedes and Ferrari, they're just not in the same field or league as Adrian Newey. Yeah, but still, by the same token, and Barry, jump in on this if you want as well, right? Toto's always prided himself on building a team of good people around them, people that are uplifting, energetic and talented. So they have the people there to produce it. So it's just one big question mark, isn't it, at the end of the day? How, how is it not? How It's not even the second best on the grid at the minute. You know what I mean? Like It's not that Red Bull yeah. light years ahead and they're not even second best. But I don't think they, sh- you know, they don't forget there's a, there was a, 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 you know, a clearing of the decks that they've wiped the slate clean in terms of the regulations at the start of 2022. And yeah, I get you that, know, yeah. that. That, 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 if it was, if the regulations were as they were and this happened two or three years ago when Mercedes were at their height, um, then you would wonder how they could go so far backwards. But um, it's, it's just simply that you know Red Bull have done a better job. It's not that Red Bull and the rest of them stop, as Richie alluded to there. You know everyone is still running, so it's you know you you, you not only do you have to you have to run as fast as the guy in front, which is pretty difficult. And if you're if you're comparing yourself to 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 uh, Red Bull and Adrian Newey specifically, you got to run faster than them to to catch up and then get ahead of them. So. It's it's a very difficult thing to do, and I don't think just because Mercedes got it right in the previous set of rules is an automatic um, assumption that they'll get it right thereafter. Um, you know, maybe there's a little bit of complacency setting in then as well. If they kind of they start, conv- and I think you can see that in Toto himself. Like I think he, you know, you got to remember he kind of st- strode into F1 just as Mercedes took off. He's never really not won in F1, so. Um, you know that's it's it's a different it's a different environment when you're on the back foot and i think that's starting to show and that could be you know working its way through the through the whole team but as i said earlier no one really knows why a car is quick and yeah. similarly they don't really know why one is slow when you're down to little you know tiniest little you know six tenths there's nothing over two minutes like it's what 20 corners on a track three air three parts to a corner if you like entry apex exit at sixty opportunities in a lap 
to lose six tenths of a second. I mean, it's minuscule. It's a, what's that? A thousand of a second per sector of each corner. It's it's mm. indistinguishable. So um, I don't think we should be that surprised. This is this is this is what happens. You know, you build a new car every year. You're mm. you're, you're going to hit good ones and you're going to hit bad ones. But coming back from a bad one, that's what Mercedes have to do. And it's interesting that they're staying with the same kind of philosophy they're the only car that is the only car in the grid that looks different to the other ones in terms of the zero pods and the the, the hunched shoulders and, and whatnot now it's they're gone down a different road and you know they might, they might be like the bad gambler you know needs to know when to, to when me to, stop. to me it's like uh, to me it's like they're too pig-headed to change it's like no no we haven't got it wrong we, we yeah, just need to work on it Strong, good money after bad, you know. And you can see, see, if I can bring you in this, Richie, it's something that has kind of come to mind on the back of Barry talking about maybe Toto and his entry into F1 and how successful he's been. I'd make a fair argument over the years that while Red Bull went through a barren period, did Horner's demeanour change massively in those years in comparison to Toto's and how his has changed in the last two years? I wouldn't say it has. I think it's very obvious that there's a change in Toto. Not quite sure did Horner's demeanor change. Obviously, he was disappointed and he said things, you know, that he was disappointed about. But it's just the manner in which he goes about saying those things. Would you, would you think there's well, a big difference? Yeah, there's a massive difference. Like um, Christian Horner is, you know, he he was born racing. He, he was brought up racing cars. You know, he raced himself. He's, you know, he. Um, <laughs> he's managed teams and blah blah blah. Like um Toto came into the sport as a shareholder with Williams and then bought shares in Mercedes and then just got trusted in as team principal to a team that were ultra dominant. So he's never had to deal with this endeavour before. Um and yes, you can see the cracks in him are shown, you can see he's He's not used to losing because he hasn't lost up to the last two seasons, really, or three seasons, maybe. Um, He's lost his balance well, of character, Richie, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whereas Christian has always managed to keep himself um, good, correct and right, neutral, whether win or lose. Um, you can tell, in my view anyway, Christian is 10 times the team principal taught away. Well, I think, uh, like what you said there, and I about uh christian is true he's a racer you know he came up for those who don't, don't wear like christian um horner raced himself to the to what we would now call f2 level which was f3000 in the day um he was he actually set himself up his own team to run his own car and a, and a customer car because it was the most efficient way of doing it as such you know to rather than just buy a drive in a, in a team he set a team up around him um so he's come up the hard way through motor racing and anyone who's done that knows that in your career in your in a in a season but throughout your career you're going to have a lot more days that you lose than days that you win a lot more like probably 10 to 1 even for good guys you know it's it's um it's part of racing you know the highs are very high but mostly because the lows are so low and there's so much of them um and exactly as Richie say, uh, Richie said, Toto has come from a business background where he's invariably won, you know, which is obvious by the fact that he was able to buy into F1 as a shareholder in Williams and then, you know, on a stake in Mercedes F1. Um, 
so he hasn't he hasn't that kind of experience of there's going to be shit days there's going to be lots of them and it's starting to show i think it really is starting to show and um that's you know i know that mercedes say we don't have to, we don't have a blame culture and we don't like it's easy it's the easiest thing in the world to be a good winner when you have the fastest car you know yeah. the, the real test is w- when you don't and when he's the getting bad tested at the moment yeah, yeah he's getting tested at the moment yeah it quite possibly could be um seeping through as well like i mean if that's top yeah. dog and that's what he's saying publicly and you can tell he's becoming irate he's bitter at times as well still bitter yeah. over two years ago at times you'd, you'd still see it here in quotes and um i feel often you know you are proud of your environment so maybe that's the case so talk about a team that's really got right aston martin and what? we are looking at a year where Mr. Alonso could win a race. And you spoke about it last year, Barry, and you spoke about it, Richie. I asked you, two boys, if Alonso was in a good car, would he still be winning races? And he said, yes, absolutely. So fastest through FP2, fastest through FP3, and he finishes third. And this is a team that were in dire straits last year. Absolute dire straits, and they were, they were terrible, really. But they knew they were terrible. So obviously with that came, okay, right, we need to just... Um, not up sticks and, and move, but we'll already just think ahead into next year and we'll try to get it right. They look good, lads. In fairness, don't they? Yeah, they're not bad. They're not bad, in fairness. And to be fair to Lawrence Stroll and, and Aston Martin, they put massive money into their development over the winter. They're building a state-of-the-art facility in the UK. And... Um, just to go back to the Toto thing, and let's just compare Toto Wolf to Lauren Stroll, right? Lauren Stroll knows, he knows fuck all about car racing. So he's willing to put the right people in place. Mm-hmm. And like he's he's taken, what the team principal is an ex-Mercedes man. Um, and one or two other top guys he's gotten in, he's taken from, hedge hunted from the top teams. Um, and as we all know, by looking at Drive to Survive, Lauren Stroll is not one to be messed with, I don't think. But, like, he's driven that team in the right direction. Like, he, he he's not involved at, on the pit wall. He's not, like, he sits in the background, keeps his mouth shut, and lets the guys that know what they're doing run the job. And um, I, I think Aston Martin won't be too far off come the end of the season. Barry? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with anything which you said there. He's definitely, you know, and don't forget that they've only started the investment in terms of the facility. They're only building it. They haven't got any, I mean, if anything, that should be taken from their efforts. Just, yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It, it, because they've, you know, somewhere along the line, there's energy and time and resources being soaked up with the physical act of building something like that. Um, so, we have you know it'll be another year or two before the benefits of that really start coming on stream but yeah they've you know they've they've got it right um as i as i said earlier that they got it right because they they know exactly where they went wrong and they know exactly what they've done or is there an element of a bit of luck um i think there's always an element of luck for sure it you know there is the harder i work the luckier i get sort of thing to go along with it but you know there is you know sometimes things just gel the right way for whatever reason um so a bit of luck involved, a bit of good planning, the right people. Um they've the right man for the job, I think, in Fernando in, in the car. Um and 
I wouldn't be surprised to see him win a race or two this year, but probably only when the Red Bulls falter. But the thing about Alonso is he will always get what's in the car out of it over a race. Maybe not over a lap. There's probably quicker guys. There is quicker guys than him over a lap. But come the end of the race, he, there'll be nothing left on the table. He'll he'll get whatever is available out of the car. And then when the team knows that they have someone like that in the car, they they will push a bit harder individually across the board, you know, right the way through the team. And um, when they know that they have someone who's who's gonna who's gonna, you know, show up their good work for what it was. Uh, so I think he could be, you know, he's a divisive character, as as we know. Um, he even admits it himself, I think. Um, but in in the right circumstances, he he's he could be a very very beneficial um, force in in any team. And with a good car, you know, I think there'll be a couple of wins this year for them. Can I talk to you, Richie, about uh, some of the overtakes we saw from yesterday? They were unbelievable moves, weren't they? Yeah, vintage Fernando in fairness. Um and I, I was actually I was thinking about our podcast today and I was going to touch on that point that you asked me and Barry last year. If you get Fernando a competitive car, would he win? Absolutely he'll win. Um he has a competitive car. It's not it's by no means a winning car at the moment. If they continue on the vein they are and keep developing, will it be a winning car? As Barry said, probably want the Red Bull to drop out somewhere along the line for him to sneak a little win. But um, Jesus was delighted for Fernando. I mean, his podium, it didn't look like it was going to happen. And then Leclerc, engine blue, and, you know, signs to show him down for fear of him blowing. And his little tussle with Lewis was vintage and brilliant. Um, but definitely vintage Alonso. He's, he's top class. Top class. Yeah, but you just think last year when towards the middle or end of the season when Red Bull had the advantage that, you know, at the start of the season they didn't, Ferrari had the advantage. But when it became clear that Red Bull had the advantage, Ferrari lost so many opportunities where Red Bull, you know, had a hiccup or, you know, didn't didn't perform to their best. And Ferrari were not always there to to pick up on it, Um, either because of the odd time driver error on both cases, but mostly team stuff. I, I don't think that will happen with Alonso and and as and by extension Aston Martin. They will be ready and waiting to pounce the second there's a glitch in uh, in, in the armor of of the Red Bull for whatever reason. Um, even if it's just a you know a, a a poor a poor get off the line or you know a bad qualifying or a bit of mechanical issues that 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 hampered them. Um, that's when Alonso will, and Aston Martin will strike, I think. Um, and to be fair, Lance Stroll didn't seem to be too far off either. With a guy with, for you know, for a guy with screws and bolts in his arms, he was he was there or thereabouts come the end. So, you know, yeah, actually, uh, he done very well. To be fair to him, he done extremely well over the weekend to have no yeah. testing or anything. Yeah, he came. He came sixth, and look, we've often given him a hard time on the show here. And uh, Richie, in fairness, you did defend him at. The, I think it could have been the very first episode last year. Actually, you said that Stroll is actually a decent enough driver. Um, now at times we we felt that obviously there was probably better out there, and he's guaranteed a seat, and we were having a pop at that or whatever. And look, that's that's just the way it's going to be. That's part of the process. But um, he still has to do a decent job in the car, no matter how good or bad it is, whatever. And he came in sixth, sandwiched in between the Mercedes. Who have two of the best drivers out there? I mean, you're talking about race winners there, like at the end of the day, that you sandwich in between. So, 
like to pick you up on Ferrari then, are we seeing glimpses of progress or was it just a case of horror with Leclerc not finishing the race? It was just one of those things, you know, just mechanical, something. So something, nothing, you know, nothing to really worry about, different kind of... Don't know, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, the, the, the engine just died. It could be, that could be literally a 50 cent O-ring or something, just like, it could be anything. It could be a, a clip, it could be a wire, it could be, you know, it's, it's... It, I wouldn't read too much into it. It's unfortunate, you know, when the points are lost one way or the other, but um, it'll be too early to say it's anything, anything to, mm. to, 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 to base the season's you know four thoughts on it's one of them things no, the one the one thing i would say about ferrari is is it's like it's a complete opposite to this time last year where ferrari barry touched on it earlier ferrari were dominant and red bull were suffering with the engine failures and cars breaking down and things and you'd only be hopeful that ferrari can pick it up now they didn't have the pace this weekend they weren't they weren't on red bull's level but It'd be interesting to see now with the new team principal, Fred Vassier, and um, Leclerc is definitely, you know, quickest driver on the team. I'd be interested, I'd be very interested and hopeful that Ferrari can can take it to another little level and, and maybe, maybe put it up to Red Bull. What's your thoughts, Paz? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think Vassier, another to go back to it, he's, uh, much much like Horner, he's come up he's come up the hard way through racing. Um he he set up and ran um it's ART, isn't that the name of the series the the the, the, the F two team? ART yeah. very successful uh junior formula team that he that he brought up through the ranks himself. Um you know, a real racer, knows the sport inside out, back to front. Uh very strong relationship with Leclerc from those junior series. Um, ARD, so yeah. I think I, I, you know, I, I, I'd be hopeful that he, he, he'll see it for what it is. Um, Bernardo was an engineer, it's a designer. Um, he just seemed to, you know, a lot of time from, I thought he was actually very good. And I was sad to hear that he got, that he got fired or resigned or whatever it was. But I think in retrospect, I think he just kind of was, you know, a little bit head in the sand thinking it would all be okay. Um, obviously it wasn't. Uh so yeah, it'd be interesting to see if 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 Fisera's attitude to it will, will it's more will Ferrari let let it happen, you know. They don't, they don't, I was just that that was just I was just gonna say to you, Barry, right? Like we know Fred Vasera and we know his background and we know as a team principal. You know, he's next to none and it's a long, long time since Ferrari has had someone like him at the fold. Will he do what Ferrari tells him or will he lead on his own back? I think what he needs to I think what Ferrari need to do is just like like you said earlier, um, with Lawrence Stroll is put the right people in and then step back. And that's mm. Ferrari have been not able to do that for a long while, you know, and then as a result of this fear culture and, you know, they don't get a chance to make the mistakes because they know if I make a mistake, I'm going to get fired. So they desperately try not to make a mistake and then they make a mistake as a result, you know, and analysis paralysis is the, is the old saying, you know, they, they're afraid to do anything. And that very, even the wrong decision will be better than no decision sometimes. And I think hopefully Fasir will, you know, will write write that out, and if he gets to a certain point, I mean, you only have to go back to the Schumacher times when you had Schumacher, you had Ross Braun, Jean Toff, um, Rory Byrne, 
you know, there was a core group of four or five of them there that I just called out that they ran Ferrari and they knew that they all had each other's back and the board could say what they want. It didn't matter. They, you know, they, they just changed the locks on them effectively and locked them out with their own of their own factory. And look at the results that came. You know, the results came because yes, Schumacher can drive a car, and yes, Ross Braun can, you know, lead a team and technically and all the rest of it. But really, the results came because it was a core group that locked away the politicians and the businessmen and just said, "Give us the money and let us go racing, and we look after the rest." If Ferrari 100%. can get back to that sort of position. They've got a hope, and I think Vasseur has the chance of doing it if he can get a bit of a group core group around him. He's got Leclerc already, um, and you know back backroom staff. I wouldn't be so sure of, but that's that's what they need. Um, and it is realistically the best chance of anyone consistently putting it up to the Red Bull is, is Ferrari with Aston Martin and the, and the team. Microphone dropped out there, Buzz. I don't know what happened. Can uh, you hear me? Go. Yep. Yep. Sorry. Back again, but uh, yeah, look, interesting, interesting points indeed, gents. Um, again, in stark contrast, McLaren, fairly grim, Richard. Yeah, um, I started, I do, and I don't know where they've gone wrong. I think we should say first before we get going on this, Zach has accepted that and he seems fairly comfortable and seems like he knew from. A long way off that this was probably going to be the case, but he is fairly confident that something as decent is coming. Um, do you buy that? Like in line with what I just asked you, you can answer it all together. Um, I, I, I don't know if I buy it or not. To be honest, um, I, I honestly fear for McLaren. I do. I think they're a team on a serious decline. I think the 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 well is seriously drying up. Um. Zach seems to think more of his Indy car than he does his F1 car. Um, I, I seriously fear for McLaren at the moment. I do. I think they're in financial savage financial difficulties, and um, I can't see it getting a whole lot better for him this season. Okay, Barry. Yeah, I think Richie's Richie's right. I think you know this thing of, oh, you know it'll get better. I, I just don't buy it, no matter who says it. Um, because if you just think of it logically, you can go, it'll get better. Well, if you know it's going to get better, just do that now. You know, but they don't know. They're hoping. All these guys are hoping. They might stand there and chest out and head up and go, yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But they don't know. They're, it's, it's a, you know it, they won't know until they put the car on the grid, set the stopwatch, and see what it stops at, at the end of the lap. Until then, you know, it's guessing. And as I said, if you know, then just do it. Don't talk about it, just do it. Um, and if you know that something better is coming down the tracks, you kind of say, well, you know, well, why did you go the wrong way then? If you knew you had this option and you had that option, why did you consciously take the wrong one? Of course, the answer is nobody consciously takes the wrong option. They take an option that turns out to be wrong. Mm. But equally... Or, or, or a financially viable option at that time. Yeah. Or yeah, there might be a certain amount. Effort. Yeah, there might mm. be a certain amount of that, but it, you know they have they have to go and build a floor for the car, for example, a very complicated piece of equipment these days. They have to go and build a floor. They may, it costs as much to build a good floor as a bad floor, you know, in, in terms of tooling and setup and costs and materials and everything else. So, I just I, it's so rare to see 
a team, if you think about it, you know, when is the last time you've seen a team start a race, a season, you know, on the back foot and end it, you know, consistently at a higher level? I know probably the closest to it was Mercedes last year with the win at the end compared to how part, but that was a bit, that was a, you know, one issue. They had one bouncing issue. And once they solved that, they, they, they unleashed a little bit of a better car. But the low-hanging fruit was gone. You know, if you have a bad car now, you might have a slightly less bad car at the end of the year. You're not going to have a winning car or anything close to it throughout the field. And obviously, you know, McLaren aren't trying to win. Alfa Romeo are trying to win. But, you know, relatively speaking to where they're operating in the grid, they're not. I don't think any of them will take huge advances forward. They're not going to just all of a sudden, you know, turn a, turn a, turn a knob on a damper, change a spring, and, and the car just go half a second a lot quicker you know i think them days are long gone from you know professional level motorsport can i ask about i shouldn't really say the best of the rest but there's five teams i think that we haven't spoken about alpha williams alpine haas um that's four isn't it yeah i think that maybe is it yeah so like if you're looking at the indications we never actually get the results well I'm sure everyone knows by now, anyway. Uh, Verstappen obviously won 11 seconds from uh, Checo, Alonso third, Science fourth, Hamlin fifth, Stroll sixth, Russell seven, uh, Bottas eight, Gazi nine, Albin ten. And uh, fairness to Joe, he put in a 133.996, didn't he? So, yeah, okay, right. What's the, what's the best of the rest then to try and shorten the segment, segment somewhat? Like, it's probably hard to buy into. Just one race, but out of the the other teams that we haven't talked about yet, is there anyone there you can see making a push either on an individual basis or on a team basis? Like Alexander Albon impressed me a lot. Mm. Williams, um, in qualifying, the sergeant was twelfth, wasn't he? So ten and twelve for Williams, as opposed yeah. to well, quite often was 80, 19, 19 and twenty, 20. for wasn't yeah. it? So they they seem to have made a decent jump, but um. Obviously, Hulkenberg in, in the Haas went really well. Um, but best of the rest, to, like Barry will have his opinion on this. I I just think it's way too early to tell. Like, I mean, we're all pretty bang fucking average, really, aren't we? <laughs> well, I, the, the thing about it is, is what, what, you know, we used to say the best of the rest was whoever finished seventh. Because you had Red Bull, Mercedes, and Ferrari locking out the top three, so as best of the rest now, whoever finishes ninth, if we're are we throwing, you know, are we are we saying that Aston Martin? I think we're no. still putting we're still putting Mercedes in there, aren't we? And we're now we a rebrand. We're just going to rebrand. Well, yeah. like you know, Aston Martin are there now, but of course, you know, one swallow doesn't make a summer. But you know, it looks like the car is is good. Um, so all of a sudden, you're looking for the kind of ninth, tenth down sort of yeah. position. And yeah. ninth back, uh, Barry. Ninth back. Ninth back. Well, it is. I'd say probably Alpine. You know, they had a bit of a, a shit show with with uh, Ocon. Um, Gasly did a bit better. So I think on on a typical day, I think it'll probably be Alpine. Um, but you know, I think I think Williams has ta- definitely taken a march. For sure, the car, it, you know, it looks a little bit easier to drive than previous. It mightn't have the downforce as it had before, or the top cars have, but definitely looks a little bit more user friendly from what I've seen. Um, 
so yeah, it could be competitive enough in 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 that kind of bracket. Um, but yeah, I think might be a bit track dependent. It, it it does seem to be very much a a, a a field of two halves, you know, in terms of you've got the top four now, if you like, and then the next six it could be different every every weekend. Um, with maybe Alpine just holding that middle spot. Richie, something that interested me over the weekend was Nico Rosberg's comments uh, about Ocon and Gasly, obviously. And, you know, Barry, I don't know, did you see that or Richie, just the comments that he made? But no, I hadn't realized, and I should have really, but Gilles and all his racers, how aggressive he was towards every teammate he's ever had. They kind of did a little bit of a, a background on that. Yeah, but it wasn't oh, yeah. just limited to Alonso. And as it happens, Rosberg's of the opinion that uh, him and Gazi don't like each other at all at all. No, and that's I think that's well documented coming up through the yeah. years about French from Karting onwards. Yeah. Was, they really didn't like each other, yeah. Yeah, I don't but think things be common enough for platters. Did you see the did you see the narrative though that was created around Ocon with regards to and I'm not saying this is anything to do with what, what we should or shouldn't think of him as a teammate, right? But they create a narrative of him a rags to riches story, which is great. But in line with that then, I'd I'd think if I was that person and I got to that stage, I'd be grateful. I'd probably be a bit fucking sounder to me teammates and everyone around me. To be that, you know, because I've got there that route. Um, Not saying that that's a blueprint for everything either, and there's no one set character out there, but I did find that interesting then when you look at the flip side of it, you know? The beauty of motor racing in many ways is you can't wear a mask. You just mm. can't. It's, it's too. It's it's too involving. It's too by the second. By the you know you can't think about it. And it, you know you can't think right. You know I'm coming down here. I'm doing 200 mile an hour. You know if he does that, but you know I'm kind of lucky to be here. So maybe I'll just back out of it. Or you he's making a decision in literally milliseconds, and that. The decision that guy makes, whoever he is, whatever level of racing he's at, but obviously, you know, in F1, the decision he makes will be him. It'll be his decision, and it, and it will reflect his personality. There is no time for, for, for thinking in those moments. He might say certain things in a press conference or over the radio where he does have that couple of seconds talk time. But in a split second, 200 mile an hour, do I, do I squeeze him into the wall or do I let him go? the real guy will always shine through. And I think that's that's what we see at Ocon. He says all the right things. He's smiley. He's bubbly. The whole lot. Guy gets up alongside him, 200 mile an hour. Boom, you're going in the wall. Sunshine. And he might immediately afterwards go, shit, probably shouldn't have done that. But, you know. It's litter. It's him. It, you can't, you know, it's, it's, it, he's, you're not going to be able to, to filter that out as a driver ever. So, mm. That, I think um, Barry and Richie to pick you up on it actually just as a general point I do believe and I'm up the correction on this that we'll see a lot more of Nico Rosberg with Sky this year I think that was okay. wrote, written down somewhere and I'm all for that to be honest I, I actually yeah, love Nico Rosberg yeah um, he's good yeah yeah he's very yeah. good I think it's interesting though because I don't know if he's gone to Turkey or somewhere but there's a few jabs there's a few Mike Tyson's gone in there somewhere because he's very very shiny looking I have to say and it's mad <laughs> someone's so raw and honest and brutal and then, you know what I mean? The face is hardly moving anymore. I think it's gas. <laughs> Obviously, I listen to the book. Too, but, you know, it just, it, it's, it's just one of those things where if you heard him and never saw him, you'd be thinking, fuck, 
Jesus, no, that doesn't seem like the same guy. Like, you know, that's not right. Yeah, I think he's a great addition, and they have they have shaken it up a good bit, haven't they? In fairness, guy. Uh, yeah, I think he is very good. I think he's he's current enough to to bring some real real value. He's obviously a very intelligent bloke, you know. He, um, you just know by listening to him and talking to him, not to him, but listening to him talk rather. Um, and he's not afraid to, you know, to to say what he thinks. It's a good combination in my book. So bring 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 it on, you know. He's definitely he's definitely one of the better. One, of the, you know, I definitely I I yeah, I, he's worth listening to. I think he speaks a lot of sense a lot of the time. Nice to hear Barry speaking very highly of someone who's an eco warrior, isn't it? For a change, <laughs> <laughs> is he an eco warrior too? Is he? I think so. Yeah, I uh, think so. We all have massively. A cross <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were. We'll going, I knew you were going to say that, Kevin. I knew we'll, it. We'll have keyboard <laughs> warriors. Ross plays himself the trees as well, like. Uh, <laughs> oh, I like lads. the trees. Unbelievable stuff. In other news, actually, lads, just to. Uh, Put out there for anyone who hasn't had a listen to this, the BBC Sports Strangers Crimes documentary with the espionage in 07. Um, I thought it was a very good listen. I thought you'd get around to it, but yeah, um, I heard it. They did, they did drag the arse over a little bit now. I won't lie, I think they, they got as much as they could out of it, but it was very well done. I thought, and Pete Tong's voice is, is savage on it, isn't it, Barry? Yeah, it was interesting. I, I listened to it there over a, a few weeks ago. Um, a lot of it I knew just from reading up yeah. and in around at the time, and it was obviously kind of um, directed at the more casual fan. But there was still a, a nice few nuggets of information there that it came out, and 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 the, and they just uh, I just couldn't believe they thought they'd get away with. It. I know that's actually in the kind of the the little you know the starting intro or whatever. I think it's Morris Hamilton says, "How yeah. do they think they get away with it?" And that's the bit I got away from it. Like imagine walking into the local, the local photocopying shopping center. <laughs> With a literally a, a CD that says "Property of Ferrari F1" on it, and saying, "Can you print all these for me?" Um, and and you know, I'm heading down the road to McLaren. There, I mean, like, it's a mad story, though, isn't it? The fact that your man happened to be a Ferrari fan, and the fact that the email made its way to Bert Watt, top dog in Ferrari, and he picks it up and actually responds to it as well. Yeah, it's the yeah. most bizarre story. It's got to be the most bizarre story, is it? That Formula One has ever seen. Oh, I'll be up there. I'm trying to think, yes, guys. There's nuts like, and even the insight, like all these things, Flash you kind of down a rabbit hole, don't you? Afterwards, with with different things, but you know, I did a, a deep dive on Flavio Briatore. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what oh, story there? All right, oh lads, there's fucking, there's more than one. There's absolutely more than one. We won't say anything about him, and yeah, he will definitely get sued. But uh, what do you call it? Yeah, in, interesting, interesting character, interesting lifestyle as well. Uh, we'll say no more. Uh, but yeah, it, it was it was it was good. It was a bit to be learned from, wasn't there? Yeah, it was just interesting again to see F one kind of getting onto the front pages a little bit, and you know the general. I'd, I'd be amazed by it, you know just where was I? It was somewhere the other day, and someone started talking about it completely. We, you know, see, it's it's different for me and Richie, and I don't know how long you've been fully into a Kev, but me and Richie grew up around where we were, like, no, nobody knew what F1 was, let alone the driver's names. I took a, I, I'm just clear at that point. I took a long sabbatical away from F1. I grew yeah. up fascinated with it. I, I, I took probably, I put on record, I probably took a decade away where I properly followed it. Kept, kept an eye on it, but no, not, not enough to have a conversation about. 
So, but it's a, it's everywhere now, you know. It's mm. just a, a, everyone's talking about it, you know. I remember I don't know what I was saying to you. I was on a, a flight somewhere late last year, and I did the the Grand Prix opened on my phone. I think it was a Japanese Grand Prix, and we were waiting to get off the plane. And the, I, I I turned it on on the phone after landing, waiting to get off. And the 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 air stewardess goes over. Oh, is that the Grand Prix? How's your staff been doing? Is it really wet? And like just. You know that never happened years ago. You know, literally, they wouldn't even know what it was. Um, across the board, people didn't watch it. Um, so I still find that kind of new and interesting, and all these podcasts like that, which aren't, which are aimed at the kind of general person mm. with an interest in it. Um, the BBC getting involved, the Pete Tong, and you know, it just seems so so odd to to, to me. Something because it's the whole my whole life, it was a a real small niche little sport like, and now it's it's massive you know it's massive but that's kind of full circle back to where we started with the with the netflix and it's you know it's it's good and bad that's that's the thing about it it's 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 good and bad we don't want to dumb it down too much either for the you know for for, for fair weather fans who might might be gone again in, in in a year or two's time it's a hard it's, it's a hard it's a hard uh balance i think that f1 are gonna have to gonna have to pull between you know, just is it a soap opera or is it a is it a sporting contest? And you know, they're 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 managing at the moment. I would just fear that they might go the wrong way too easy and 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 lose sight of what what it is. It's a sport at the end of the day. It's a lot of lads and girls if they make it in cars going as fast as they can and trying to beat each other. And everything else is bullshit when it comes down to it. You know. Mm-hmm. Great point, eloquently put. I'd expect nothing less at this stage to do, but uh, guys, before we finish up, any last observations on anything F1 related? Or otherwise, actually, it doesn't matter. If it's interesting, fuck it out there too. So people, people, yeah. people listen to that in these days. Uh, <laughs> just, I'd like to touch on the, the point Barry made there. Um, the Fairweather fan. I'm trying to hold on to them. Um, the Fairweather fan loves Drive to Survive and wants to see a soap opera. So they, they're not really... They're not really racing fans as such. Mm-hmm. It it is the soap opera and it's the the drive to survive. It's the whereas me and Barry will sit down and watch a race because it's a race. Like mm. I very rarely listen to build up or I very rarely I'll watch the podium afterwards and then switch it off. Um mm. and that's just like I watch the race for the race. Um what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, same as that, Richie. I mean, I've like I would have watched the F two, the F three, the F one, IndyCar, Indy Next over the course of the weekend, and I'd have busy weekend. I'd be literally watching them on the phone as I go. I wouldn't really have much interest in the build up and the the stuff afterwards. Um, and I think I think it's a great gateway to get these people into the sport. Um, it, you know, you're not gonna hook someone. By showing them an onboard and trying to explain to them how he's got a little bit of you know mid corner understeer in this corner and you know high speed traction problems in that corner or whatever or, or so corner so you're not going to get someone like that you never are mm. to be perfectly honest with you it's you know it's too it's technical. too a finite thing it's too technical yeah um the hope is you get them with the kind of you know the crashes the overtakes the drama the you know the background stuff but that's how you get them. Mm. You, I don't think it's the way to keep them, and because if you do go down that road, I think you'll just be forever chasing it, and it'll just get you know more that way. Some might say worse, some might say better, but it will just become you know 
more kind of creative drama, more fanfare, more about what, you know, everything else about except the actual act of driving a car as fast as it can go. So by all means, use it to get them. But just they need to be very careful that they don't continue and continue to chase that same path because no. I think they could lose everybody. Would you, fear, would you fear they might start losing the purest? I think so. I think it's definitely possible. I mean, I'll probably always watch it, but I, I turn on the IndyCar race the other night and just to sit and watch drivers driving, the acts of driving a car around a tricky circuit with bumps and lumps yeah. and a street circuit. And, you know, it's just, to me, to watch an onboard and to watch I watched it as board. well. And it was, I was, sorry, Barry, I watched it as well. And like, it was a far superior watch to the F1. Yeah, to you and I, Richie, that's the thing, because we're watching it, you know, as kind of nerds of the sport, looking at it and watching, you know, all the little intricacies and stuff. And of course, the Americans do a great job of any sport. Um, but yeah, it's more it, it, it's more of a kind of a, a, you know, an old school fans type type sport. So it, it's don't get me wrong. I love F1. I'd probably watch an F1 race before an IndyCar race. They were both on together. Um, but it's just. They they gotta be careful. That's the only thing. They have mm. to be careful. They don't go too far. Lads, is it like just say you go into a supermarket, right? And you go into the supermarket and uh you really like Eddie Rocket's secret sauce, right? First thing that came to my head, the first sauce came to my head, right? Because I do like it myself, I'll be honest. And <laughs> that's what that's what's got people into the shop. But it's the burger that all the people really like and always will like, and the yeah. purists will like it. But it might get to a stage where you don't want to put the, the secret sauce on the burger anymore. You might want to put it on a, a chicken wrap. So we'll say the burger is F1 and darts is the chicken wrap. So they'll move. But you might actually hold on to someone who will stay in the burger. So that's probably the whole y'all of it, I would say. And I think they're not going to... You'll keep a lion's share of, of all the people that they've got in. And there's a lot more people now having a burger than what there was. And that'll keep the yeah. sport alive. And over this period, it's generated enough revenue, I would say, to keep things going for quite a long time as well. That's me not being a racing fan. That's me trying to think about it from a business kind of point of view, I'd say. No, it's true. The overall picture, you know? It's true. That's and fucking you one... thinking about going shit food shopping tomorrow evening. Sometimes, <laughs> 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 just, just fucking close to the chicken wraps. What are you talking about? To really stretch, to really stretch the analogy, yeah. Lewis Hamilton would not like that analogy. At all. <laughs> 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 But to really stretch it, Kev, you don't want to, yeah, the the sauce is grand, but you don't want it for dinner, like, you know what I mean? The sauce in its own is going to do much, like, you know, it's it's a topping, you know, it's not the actual substantial bit of the meal, like, you know, it's just a topping. The the casual fan is the topping as well, you see, isn't it? Well, I think the casual fan is the topping. I mean, all the peripheral to the, you know, all the kind of celebrity crap and all the, you know, the just the kind of razzmatazz and the drama and then you know the drive to survive-ness of it is the sauce but mm. the burger we're really <laughs> stretching this analogy now the burger is driving a race car as fast as possible on the best circuits <laughs> against the best teams that's that's the real that's the product everything yeah. else is 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 you know, garnish and whatever else mm. you want to call it it might it might it might make it look better you know, but it's 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 not what you're it's not what you're buying. The, yeah. It's not what you're buying the meal for. Like, you, you know, perfectly backed up 
my analogy. I love it. Thank you. That, that's exactly I'm, what I was looking to hear. I'm starving now. <laughs> I was just going to say, can we wrap this up? I'm fucking starved. <laughs> Is that a chicken wrap you mean? Um, yeah, we will. We, we will wrap it up at this point. And uh, we just want to give a shout out again to PFT Travel. And if you are enjoying the coverage you can support us for the price of a coffee the buy me coffee qr code is in the corner and there'll be a link floating around there somewhere so thanks for travel um and then jeff Farrell for coming on with us so that yeah is pretty much it we were back in what two weeks time lads i think yeah after after saudi yeah we'll have the crack um tell your friends about this podcast please folks we garner great momentum over the past 12 months and we'd love people to come on and hit the subscribe on on uh, on youtube Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and also follow us on Apple and Spotify and hit those five stars if you have a second as well. We really, really appreciate that. At the end of the day, you're the ones that have made it grow. And we also have some big news that we'll be sharing with you this week as well. We have a very, very special guest lined up and another one lined up for about a month's time as well. So as well as those 23 or 4 reviews that we're going to have, we are bringing something different to the party this year too. We have some very, very big names and we're very, very excited to uh to share that with you but we just can't do it at the moment so stay tuned for more richie barry in the meantime thank you very much for your time great to be back in the heat of it lads and we'll chat to you again shortly all right thank you take care bye bye thanks a million lads take care bye bye